This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hello and welcome to a, uh, what, Thursday edition of the Rob Carson Show? We got, what, five days till Valentine's Day. I, I ordered my wife something. I got her one of those little uh, boxes. You open it up and there's a cake in it and these little paper butterflies fly out and everything. And I, I swear to God, I scheduled for delivery on Tuesday, but it came this Tuesday. So now I got to come up with another... Valentine's Day. You know, I'm just not a very organized person. Hi. Uh, welcome to the show. Lots of stuff on the show today, including uh, Ken Buck. He is a uh, representative from uh, Colorado. Wrote this book called uh, Crushed Big Tech's War on uh, Free Speech. And we're going to be talking to him a little bit later in the show. And uh, he'll be talking about the uh, hearings on the weaponization of government that are going on at Capitol Hill. And the Democrats are doing their level best to shoot it down. <clears throat> what is the biggest story uh, in our, probably in our lifetimes. So uh, we'll get to that. Mark Morgan, also the former commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency, he going to be joining us about the border. So uh, a couple of big things on the show. In fact, I would venture to say pretty darn big things on the show today. Uh, and I've got a lot of uh, audio with regard to the uh, uh, testimony on Capitol Hill questioning Twitter executives, among other things, and uh, we'll get to all of that in a second. I do want to mention something because it's kind of, uh, I don't know, kind of a big deal to me. <clears throat> I like to listen to music, and uh, when I was a kid, I, I uh, learned to love music pretty early. I remember when I was four years old, I used to sneak into my sister's room and put on her headphones and listen to Led Zeppelin's first record, whole lot of love. Still love it, still love it. And then as I grew up, uh, my mom had a record collection that included uh, everybody from uh, Jimmy Dean to Johnny Cash to Nat King Cole to uh, Burt Bacharach. And I, I was like, Burt Bacharach, I know. most people don't know who Burt Bacharach is. But Burt Bacharach died. He was 94 years old. He was a massive songwriter uh, and talent who uh, put the swing into the swing in 60s and uh, did a lot of unbelievable songs that uh, that I personally, I just, I want to mention this because it's a, it's, it's a big deal. Um, for instance, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. That was from uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. That was Burt Bacharach uh, working with, uh, he had a songwriter he worked with, Hal David. And, uh, and Burt Bacharach, the love that uh, people had for Burt Bacharach was really kind of uh, reignited thanks to Austin Powers about 20 years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Burt Bacharach and Mr. Elvis Costello. This is a Burt Bacharach song. What do you get when you fall in love? Möchtest du tanzen? Ich 
Now, he also wrote songs for uh, Tom Jones, including What's New Pussycat? Amazing song. Raindrops Keep Falling My Head. A whole bunch of songs. Elvis Presley wrote some songs for Elvis Presley, The Beatles' Frank Sinatra, uh, among other things. Walk On By, Dionne Warwick. Now, if, for those of you who like maybe millennials or Gen Z, you don't know Dionne Warwick. Dionne Warwick, an incredible talent. She had a show in the 90s or the 80s called um, Solid Gold, and she used to sing every week. And uh, you just never get tired of hearing her voice. He did also the theme to us, to uh, to uh, Arthur, remember that? Uh, Once in a month in New York City. Da, da, da. I know it's crazy, but it's true. That was his song. It was pretty big. And then also, uh, one of his songs uh, became another hit thanks to uh, Generation X and uh, My Best Friend's Wedding in 1997. Me my hair now. Well, wondering what dress to wear now. I say a little prayer for you. Forever and ever. You say my heart. Okay, the, the movie is insufferable, <clears throat> and my wife makes me watch it every once in a while, and that's usually worth at least one apology. Uh, if I have to watch a movie like that, then I get uh, one apology I could screw up and, and not have to apologize for it. But anyway, uh, Burt Bacharach passed away 94 years old, an amazing talent. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Burt Bacharach. I'm sorry, I just I needed to, to, to say, oh, and then another thing, and, and another connection I have. Back in the 90s, I lived in Minneapolis, and it was... Uh, uh, I went to uh, Planet Hollywood and used to do events at Planet Hollywood because uh, they were big deal back then. And I met Arnold Schwarzenegger there and I met uh, Sinbad there. And I had dinner with Dionne Warwick. And this was when she was pushing the uh, <clears throat> the uh, psychic hotline, which, you know, whatever. It was the 90s. That's what, that's what people did in the 90s. But I had a chance to uh, sit down and uh, dine and share some uh, Captain Crunch chicken strips with uh, Dion Warwick. So there you go. I thought I'd drop a name. Drop a name at the beginning of the uh, show today <laughs> to get things started. Uh, there is uh, a ton of stuff. I, I, you know, we, we talked about the Biden's uh, State of the Union address, you know, and, and a lot of people, including uh, Mr. Dick Morris, I was a little surprised when he said uh, he really thought that uh, uh, Joe Biden would get a bump out of this. And a lot of people did. They thought, you know, Joe Scarborough, of course, was, uh, uh, you know, sycophantically praising. Uh, Joe Biden's uh, State of the Union address. Here's the thing. Uh, not a lot of people watched it. Yeah, it drew an underwhelming response on television viewers. Uh, figures released Wednesday showed the second smallest audience in the last 30 years. 27 million people tuned into the broadcast across all the major networks, down 28% from the uh, speech in 2022. Now, here's where, the, uh, here's where people watch it. Young people did not tune into Joe Biden. Part of it is made, they're, they're unplugged from uh, reality, whatever. Uh, part of it is this Joe Biden is 80 years old and, you know, he stammers and they don't respect him as a leader. Not because of his age. Not because of his age. But nearly three quarters of the audience were 55 uh, years of age and older. 73% of the audience, 55 and older, Nielsen ratings uh, showed 5% were young adults under 35. <laughs> <clears throat> So there is hope, apparently. Uh, the speech was carried on uh, 16 networks, by the way. And uh, it was most seen on uh, Fox, I guess, then uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, and... Uh, oh, no, no, Fox was actually uh, toward the end. Sorry about that. No, it was uh, number one was, uh, was ABC. 
All right, so there you go. Uh, a lot of older people watched uh, his speech. I had to watch the show because, well, uh, you know, I'm a, uh, a radio personality, and uh, it's part of the homework that I do. But I did feel it was uh, good to bring what he said to you. Uh, here is Joe Biden talking to Judy Woodruff uh, with regard to the State of the Union on PBS. We had, a, uh, of course, another sycophantic uh, interview with Joe Biden from a Democrat. Uh, here is uh, Joe Biden talking about his State of the Union with Judy Woodruff. Let me ask you first about last night, the State of the Union. You are getting a lot of attaboys today from your fellow Democrats who are saying you showed energy, optimism, you stood up to the Republicans. They were yelling at you. Some of them were calling you a liar. Did you expect because you lie. that kind of reaction? From the folks who did it, I was. The vast majority of Republicans weren't that way, but, you know, there's still a significant element of what I call the MAGA Republicans. Oh, there he goes. The MAGA Republicans. Those are the ones that, well, that's you and me. Uh, most of you and me, I should say. And uh, he's the one who he called uh, fascists and, uh, what was it, enemies of democracy last year. Yeah, about half the country, by the way. You know, the Make America Great Again Republicans. And I kind of anticipated the speaker was gracious, and so was, you know, there were a lot of them. Yeah, you haven't been very gracious, sir. You know, I also noticed a fair amount of Republicans standing up last night and clapping. Well, yeah, wouldn't you say things like, I don't know, we need to save children's lives? No, for example, I don't know what the hell. pointed out that um, pizza is good. All right, yeah, Mr. President, yeah. Some Republicans were talking about eliminating Medicare. They said, no, no, no. I said, oh, okay. That means all of you are for supporting Medicare. Everybody raise your hand. They all raise their hand. So guess what? Yeah, after you said that uh, Republicans wanted to sunset Medicare and Medicaid, which was a lie, you see. And and because the media only covers you in a in a favorable way all the time, and uh, normally a, a State of the Union address allows, uh, well, particularly Democrats, the opportunity to say things uninterrupted, sound bites that are perfectly framed for the media, uninterrupted. Uh, I'm actually quite glad considering the attacks that we have suffered by this man, the division in the country that this man has created. I loved the fact that uh, people like Marjorie Taylor Greene stood up and said, hey, you're a liar. You're a liar. Oh, and what was it? James Carville. <laughs> James Carville said she's a high-budget or low-budget white trash is what she was, which is a, uh, a racial slander, but you know what? I embrace it. I, I embraced it because I grew up on a farm <clears throat> where my sister and my brother-in-law uh, lived in a trailer. So there you go. That's just me. Uh, Sebastian Gorka, who was always uh, fantastic, uh, talked to uh, Newsmax yesterday, Sean Spicer, about the, uh, about the uh, State of the Union address that Judy Woodruff so glowingly reviewed. Wasn't terrible. Are you trying to provoke me, Sean? You're from a colleague of mine. You're a friend of mine. It was a bloody disaster. It was a heaping pile of excrement. <laughs> I mean, really, he, again, he's inv- inventing <laughs> false words. Yeah, we will fight that, whatever that is. And then the Democrats actually applaud him as he's making up nonsense words, like, you know, train seals. Yes. And then, like somebody who has dementia, he just goes off the rails. Nobody swapped places with Xi Jinping. Nobody. And he, he shouts it three times. And then, and then to say, we conservatives want to cancel Medicaid and Social Security. I mean, God bless the Republicans for doing a little bit of British parliamentary rules and say, you know, heckling him and calling him out for being a, li- a liar. But look, 
uh, with regards to the response from the mainstream media, this is why, for example, DirecTV, AT&T wants to throttle and cancel Newsmax. Why? Because everybody else out there are hacks for the Democrat Party. They're yeah, and they were going to say that it's the greatest speech ever and Joe Biden is really coming back and he's, he's awesome and all of this and uh, not cover any of his lies that he said during the State of the Union address, which were very, very obvious. And, uh, and without places like Newsmax, you're not going to hear that. You're just not going to hear any rebuttal at all. That's what these hearings on Capitol Hill all are about. They are about uh, using the federal government to uh, weaponize the, the DOJ, among others, to uh, silence free speech. And that is, there's nothing more, by the way, un-American than that. Nothing more un-American than that. And then for those of you who can't relate to it, it's because you haven't had your speech throttled. I have. I never experienced it before. Literally, it was five years ago, 2018, October 31st, Halloween. I was on 29 Facebook pages, 17 million subscribers, a conservative network. I used to do my show live. And I used to get so many people watching the show live that the emojis rolling across the screen would almost cover my face. There were so many people uh, watching the show. And then... Facebook made all those pages go away with about 800 and I think 11 other uh, largely conservative pages on October 31st of 2018. And that's when this hit home for me. So many of you are discovering for the first time that the federal government has been actively involved in shutting down free speech. Uh, and they did it with Hunter Biden's laptop. We'll get into that coming up on the show. Hunter Biden's laptop was discovered and turned over to the FBI in 2019, uh, covered up by the FBI and Twitter working hand in hand to cover up the news story. It is the biggest news story with regard to election interference in the history of our country. And uh, they're going to try and downplay it and they're going to try and make like it's no big deal. But the right now, the feces is hitting the fan on Capitol Hill, and a lot of people are waking up to it. And by the way, if you'd like to uh, get in touch with DirecTV and uh, have them uh, get Newsmax back on DirecTV, because right now there's only one conservative network still on there, and that's Fox. And last year they took off OAN, and they did it because a couple of Congress members working with Nancy Pelosi literally got in touch with DirecTV, and you got to take you got to take off OAN, Newsmax, and uh, and Fox. Well, they got OAN, they got Newsmax. Guess what? So here's the number, guys: eight seven seven Newsmax, eight seven seven Newsmax. I've got a lot of audio from uh, what happened on Capitol Hill yesterday. MTG, Lauren Boebert, among others. It was uh, it was a spectacular takedown of Twitter executives who shut down conservative speech, including their pages. And I'm going to tell you, it got hot and heavy. Here's the number if you want to chime in: eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. They shut down your kid's school. They forced them to wear masks. They taught them CRT and radical transgender nonsense. Now, Mama Bear and Papa Bear are pissed. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, so I, I made a mistake. It was Led Zeppelin 2. That whole lot of love was on when I was four years old. Imagine a four-year-old putting on headphones and listening to this. Yeah! Yeah. Remember the headphones? I was like, what is this? Uh, by the way, I would consider that the greatest rock song of all time. And one of the reasons is this note right here. Hold on. Give it a second. Give it a second. There it is. Here it goes. Every time that comes on, I got goosebumps right now. I've heard that song. 
10,000 times since I was four years old. Never get tired of that song. <laughs> I just, I, I love it. I love it. One of the many reasons why America is and always will be the greatest country in the history of mankind. Because we come up with stuff like, I don't know, rock and roll. Uh, and it's kind of funny because rock and roll was only like 14 years old. When that album came out, it was just spectacular. So anyway, I, I brought that up because uh, Burt Bacharach passed away, and he's uh, just an amazing uh, uh, composer and uh, did a lot of incredible songs like uh, I'll Never Fall Again, I'll Love Again, Walk On By. Remember Walk On By? Just walk on by. I won't sing. Oh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. He's, he created the, the man who shot Liberty Valance. I know these songs because of my mom's record collection and also I was in music radio for... Forever, forever, forever. Um, I'm going to do a little bit more on this uh, Judy Woodruff interview, this post-speech uh, 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 interview with uh, Judy Woodruff, Joe Biden did. Uh, here he is talking about uh, the Republicans making up stuff about his family and corruption. One of the things Republicans say is a priority for them is investigating your family, your son Hunter, your brother Jim. They talk about uh, uh, access that they say others have gotten because of you, because of your political success. Judy, you might, y'all just kind of maybe read Peter Schweitzer's book about the 35-plus million dollars that the Bidens got from China. And then, of course, the uh, the most recent thing, the Penn Biden Center and the University of Pennsylvania and the 51 million dollars to the Penn Biden Center from the Chinese Communist Party. How do you how do you plan to, to deal with that? public's not going to pay attention to that. Oh, we already are. 60% of us think it's a big deal. They want these guys to do something. If the only thing they can do is make up things about my family, it's not going to go very far. Oh, it's going to go real far, actually. In fact, I, I have a feeling it's going to maybe end your presidency a little early. Maybe a little bit early. I could be, uh, I could be wrong about that, but... Uh, a lot of people are pointing in that direction. We will see. Um, here he is talking about uh, relations with China. And by the way, we just found out today that uh, the Chinese spy balloon that was above America uh, was apparently part of a uh, uh, massive uh, aerial spy program. And you want to you want to hear something else? Of course, the United States knew about it. Dear God, China's balloon that crossed the United States was equipped to collect intelligence signals and was part of a huge military-linked aerial spy program that targeted more than 40 countries, outlining the scope and capabilities of the huge balloon that captivated the country's attention before getting shot down. And, of course, uh, of course, the United States military knew that China was involved in this. They, even, they were even able to find the island where these things are uh, launched from within about 12 hours because they knew where they came from. All right. The real story is the fact that the Biden administration tracked this sucker across the Aleutian Islands up into Canada and then down to the United States and just let it take all sorts of pictures and surveil the crap out of us until it left our airspace and then they shot it down. Well, duh. But here is uh, Joe Biden talking about uh, China and our relations with China. Have relations now between the U.S. and China taken a big hit? No. No. How do you know? I because I talked to Xi Jinping. I said, hey, man, we didn't shoot it down until it got off the uh, eastern shore. And Xi Jinping said, awesome job there, Joe. Hey, how's that Penn Biden said? I'll wire you $10 million next Thursday. I need the routing number. Oh, I talked to him. You've talked to Xi Jinping? talked to Xi Jinping before. I, and our, our team talks to their people. During this and yeah, since? Yeah, after this. I haven't talked to him during this. Oh. But look, I mean... <laughs> The idea of shooting down a balloon that's gathering information over America, 
Um, and uh, is and that break that t- makes relations. Boy, well, he sounds a little rough, doesn't he? First, look, I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China, but we're not going to look. We're not looking for conflict. Yeah, well, uh, you got it. And uh, most people would agree that uh, it appears we're already at war with China. Here he is pleading the fifth. Joe Biden literally pleaded the fifth in an interview with PBS. You said just possessing classified documents is, you said, totally irresponsible. So what was totally irresponsible about the fact that you had them? What they've informed me not to speak to this issue. Yeah, there you go. All right, more from this and then Capitol Hill, what's happening as far as uh, the U.S. weaponization of government. That's on the way. This is The Rob Carson Show. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Sleepy Joe. Joe Biden's been asleep for years. This has to be a wake-up call and shine a bright spotlight on anything like this behavior anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show. We're going to get into some of the uh, audio from the uh, hearings on the weaponization of government uh, in a few. And uh, Ken Buck, a representative from Colorado, who's written this great book called Crushed Big Tech's War on the Free Speech. He'll join us at the bottom of the next hour. I want to mention a couple of things. Uh, first of all, majority of adults say they are spending more on groceries compared to a year ago. Not a big surprise, right? Most also expect to pay more than they already do. They already do. The uh, latest Rasmussen reports on 85% of 1,000 American respondents say they're currently paying more for groceries than they were a year ago. However, the percentage of respondents who say they're currently paying more for their groceries than a year ago, slightly down from last August, from 89% to 85%. So that's good news, right? Joe Biden's, uh, you know, beating inflation. (laughs) Interesting enough, the more money someone is making, the less likely they are to change their eating habits. I know, really, right? You know, people who make above 200 grand, only 23% are making uh, making any changes to their eating habits. 47% between 100 and 200,000. Meanwhile, back at uh, under 30, thousand dollars 73 percent of those people are making uh, are making uh, uh, changes in their eating habits and those are the people who uh, who are shopping at uh, dollar general instead of walmart and uh, downloading the app to find goods that are about to expire so they can afford them just cut off the end of the bread there it's a little hard on the end there but just cut that off it'll make a perfect sandwich it'll make a great sandwich that was kind of like us when i was a kid my mom would go to this place called the day old bread store 
and it was the Hostess Dale bread store. It was the stuff that they were getting ready to throw out, and we go out and we, free, we fill our freezers with it and all that. And I was also thinking this morning, it's kind of funny, my mom used to save the bread wrappers. Did your mom used to do that? That's how kind of poor we were. We never realized we were really uh, poor, but... but uh, <laughs> She'd save the red the bread wrappers, and that's what our sandwiches and our, our lunch would go in, or or you know wet clothes when we were out sledding. It's kind of funny. Oh, and this is kind of interesting. Despite all the uh, you know the attempts to destroy Donald Trump that aren't working, and uh, I told you before the midterms it was going to get crazy, and it did. The FBI raided Mar-a-Lago first time in uh, in U.S. history that a president of the United States has been targeted in such a fashion by the FBI. Clearly a political move because they didn't raid. Joe Biden's homes. Uh, they merely gave him a heads up and said, hey, Joe, we're thinking about coming over to see if you got any classified documents. Wink, wink. Hey, here's a paper shredder in case you might need it in your office. Whatever, anyway. Uh, here's the latest poll. According to, who is this? Is this Rasmussen, I guess? Um, anyway, it shows that uh, uh, Joe, or, or, uh, Donald Trump leads Ron DeSantis. It's getting pretty tight, though. Only 18 points. Yeah, only 18 points. Uh, Trump, 49% compared to DeSantis, 31%. Then uh, Mike Pence, who will never be the president of the United States. Then uh, U.S. Ambassador Nikki Haley. Again, she's part of the cabal. She's part of the uh, George Bush wing and the Republican Party like Mitt Romney. I'm I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. That's how she's perceived. Donald Trump changed the party. If you don't have a person who is like Donald Trump, and I guess Ron DeSantis is the closest thing. But right now, as long as Donald Trump is there, Donald Trump is the guy. Because he's the guy who changed the party. All right? Uh, Liz Cheney, dear God, are you high? Uh, Ted Cruz, mm, probably no. No, maybe on the ticket. Maybe, probably not. Greg Abbott, eh. South Dakota, Christy Nome, eh, could be on the ticket eventually. Mike Pompeo, probably not. Uh, Senator Tim Scott, oh, hell yeah. Uh, Glenn Youngkin. I don't know why he'd even put him in the poll. It says, Glenn Youngkin garnered 0% support. Well, why the hell is he on the 0%? He, what, if he has nothing, why is he this part of the story? But anyway, that's where it is. Donald Trump is still way out in front, way out in front with regard to the Republican field. And there's nothing Democrats can do about it. They've tried everything. You were there for all of it. It not it strange that Donald Trump is one of those per, popular personalities in the world before he announced his run for president. Everybody loved Donald Trump. Everybody watched The Apprentice. Everybody thought he was great. I don't care if you're black, you're white, whatever. He had buildings with his name on it. He had uh, women. He had the most beautiful women in the world. He drove really cool cars. Well, he didn't drive the cars. He was driven around in really cool cars, owned casinos. And then he moved to Washington, D.C., and he was an outsider in the deep statement. And they've been after him ever since. Oh, did you hear about this? You know, the Tyree Nichols murder, which was absolutely um, abhorrent and awful and evil. And Joe Biden literally had his parents at the uh, State of the Union the other night. And I questioned why, because it didn't fit the narrative that the left has tried to paint in this country with regard to police and police going after people of color. Not at all. Here's what he actually said while uh, Tyree Nichols' parents were there. And this is what he does. He, Democrats, what they do is they touch base with something. It doesn't matter if they make a point. 
It doesn't matter if there's a connection to it. As long as they talk about it, then it will be used as a soundbite, and it will show that he is somehow down with the black community, even though he said if you didn't vote for him, uh, you weren't black. But here he is the other night talking about Tyree Nichols and the, uh, the struggles of, uh, of black America. Most of us in here have never had to have the talk, the talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. Bo, Hunter, Ashley, my children, I never had to have the talk with them. I never had to tell them if a police officer pulls you over, turn your interior lights on right away. Yeah, well, see, that didn't happen with Tyree Nichols. Tyree Nichols was pulled over by a group of police officers who beat him to death. Yeah. The former cops charged with the murder of Tyree Nichols have now been accused of beating another black man just days earlier. They're white supremacists, probably Trump supporters. Monterius Harris, 22, says he was beaten by the same former policeman on uh, Outland Road in Hickory Hill, January the 4th, just a few miles where Nichols was stopped. Members of the Memphis Police Department Scorpion Unit, Tadarius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin, Justin Smith, Desmond Mill Jr., all fired. Due to their involvement in Nichols' death, the alleged attack on January the 4th would have occurred just three days before 29-year-old Tyree Nichols was beaten by the same officers. Nichols died in the hospital three days after the uh, confrontation. The five officers have been charged with second-degree murder, official misconduct, official oppression, fired from their jobs. Now, Montarius Harris says he was uh, waiting for his cousin by the Twin Oaks apartment when the cops approached him. Listen to this. Listen to this. And I mentioned this the other day, right after this happened, I said, do you think that maybe defunding the police may have ushered in a new uh, group of people who, uh, A, were not qualified to be police officers, and B, might abuse the uniform for their own nefarious purposes. That's what I said. This uh, gentleman, Monterius Harris, says that uh, he said the cops were wearing ski masks, came out of nowhere, and he initially thought he was being robbed before he spotted the officer's vest. Wow. One officer banged on the window of his Chrysler 300, and the rest surrounded him. One threatened to shoot him if he didn't get out of the car. Harris said, I was scared. I didn't know what to expect, and they already had me detained and stuff, and kept saying how they wanted to air my car out. One officer was laughing at the uh, other officer like, oh, you've got your red beam on. He was like, yes, I was ready to shoot him. According to Harris, one officer grabbed him, hit him a couple times while the others closed in on me. A cop even slammed his head and punched him in the face. The only, they only stopped beating him when he shouted for his cousins and the neighbors came outside. Then he was taken to the hospital and treated and released back into police custody. So, so much for that narrative. And it isn't it funny that uh, the Democrat Party does a couple of things whenever something like this happens. A, they think the worst of the country. They always think the worst of the country. They always say that America is racist, 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 and it's not, not, not. If you look at the world and if you look at the greatest people in the history of mankind, particularly people of color, they have come uh, in, a, in a very large percentage from the United States of America. And every time that you say that there's institutional racism, you whiz on the, uh, the, the um, unbelievable heritage of greatness of people of color in the United States of America. So there you go. There you go. All right, let's move on to uh, what's happening in Capitol Hill with the weaponization of, uh, of the FBI. And this hits home for me because I have been a part of this. 
um, I started being targeted around 2018. I noticed this and uh, saw a demonetization on all of my um, platforms. And it really, it really was much worse than, than that. Not just Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, and by the way, Google searches, all your Google searches are steered away from uh, any controversy surrounding Democrats, uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, bleach bidding and all that. It'll steer you something else to uh, what it's just the way it is. It, it, Google, it, you cannot rely on Google searches if you're going to do political uh, searches of any way, shape and form. They will always defend Democrats. They will always defend the deep state. That's the company. That's what you're dealing with. There's no doubt about it. There is an algorithm, and it is absolutely targeted toward conservatives, okay? And this is all going to come out as these hearings progress. Oh, by the way, two former FBI agents are going to testify today. Thomas Baker, Nicole Parker, both FBI agents, are expected to testify before the House Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. This is from Baker. Americans have lost faith in their Federal Bureau of Investigation, an institution they once regarded as the world's greatest law enforcement agency. I would venture to say the FBI at the top has been political since its inception. That's why we need to dismantle it. Yeah. And everybody's going to say, well, what about the agents in the street? Well, you know what? Uh, there are a lot of agencies that have to be broken up. They have to be reinvented. And uh, after the church commissions in the 1970s, the abuses that the FBI committed then, they only doubled down on it. So what have they done? What have they done lately? to convince us otherwise. This is back to this, uh, this Agent Baker. I spent many years with the FBI, deeply troubled by, the loss, uh, by this loss of faith. Specific lapses have come to light, many of which will be focused on by this panel. But why did they happen? What changed? He says the answer begins days after the 9-11 attacks with a cultural change at the Bureau. Baker claims and blames FBI Director Robert Mueller for the uh, culture change. He said that uh, the FBI became politically weaponized, starting from the top and trickling down to the field offices. And he said that they made the agency into an intelligence-driven organization. Although FBI employees have their First Amendment rights, they are not at liberty to allow their personal political views or preferences to determine the course of action or inaction in any investigation. By the way, I saw a story the other night, I believe it was Tucker talking about this, there were 160 people on a bus that went, or a couple buses, from Boston to, uh, to Washington, D.C., January the 6th, and the FBI, working with a major credit card company, decided they want to investigate everybody on the bus everybody on the buses because they might have been affiliated with the January the 6th protests. Okay, so this is really, really ugly. And I'm going to have some audio from uh, not only MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she went after him big time because they took her, uh, they blacklisted her from Twitter in the middle of an election season. Uh, also, Lauren Boebert. Also, uh, Jim Jordan. We'll have all of that. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden has always been a punchline. Now he's just a joke. It's The Rob Carson Show. Yesterday on Capitol Hill, <laughs> it was really fun to watch, actually. And uh, Democrats don't understand the anger and the uh, 
the uh, just the feeling of uh, the First Amendment violation that has happened in the last uh, number of years. Uh, I have mentioned that uh, there has been a conservative apartheid in the country for over 30 years. Uh, and I know this because I, I started writing for Rush Limbaugh about 1989-ish. And, uh, and I watched him have to go through it. I, I, as a conservative, I, I've watched this time and time again. I see uh, talk radio never has, like General Motors as a sponsor, never has Ford Motor Company, never has, you know, whatever, uh, Pfizer, who the hell cares? I don't care about Pfizer. Um, but uh, uh, all of the big advertisers sticker, uh, steer clear of conservative media. Why is that? Well, because they've been warned. They've been threatened. They've been told that uh, we will ban you. We will uh, boycott you and all of that. And it's uh, pretty pathetic, actually, because we are a center-right country still. We still are. But um, so Democrats have never understand that because they uh, they are on top of it. And they don't give a rat's behind if other speech is uh, impeded. And they're not happy with just having all of the network. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, that's how he changed everything. That's how he changed everything. I'm a late-stage Rush baby. I was a senior in college when I heard about him. Uh, so technically, according to Democrats, I was still abortable. Um, but uh, but he taught me a lot about conservatism and uh, the uh, slings and arrows that we've had to uh, suffer. Um, before that, we all looked at uh, the, the nightly news as sacrosanct. We looked at them as truth tellers. We looked at uh, Walter Cronkite as Uncle Walter, and he would never lie to us. But, no, it turns out we've been lied to for a very long time. And uh, it really, really started to uh, get even bigger and worse in the last 30 or so years. I like to say that we are living through the Jim Crow era. D-E-M crow, meaning that if you are a conservative, uh, you're shut down. Uh, if you don't believe me, name five A-list actors in Hollywood that are openly conservative. Go ahead. Go ahead. John Boyd, I guess. What? Who, who else? Anybody else? Any, any actresses? No, no, no. Not at all. Uh, musical acts that are, that are conservative. No. Can't name a single one. Keep your, keep your politics quiet or go to the groundies and sound off on a, left, a left-wing uh, you know, uh, issue and you'll be fine. That's just what we deal with. And yesterday, MTG Marjorie Taylor Greene was uh, questioning uh, some of these, these uh, Vijaya Gaddy and Yoel Roth, the two people who have since left Twitter. They were actively involved in censoring conservative speech. And I kind of like this yesterday. You ever watch uh, uh, pro wrestling? Pro wrestling, when you got uh, your team, your tag team, say for instance, you want to go old school like uh, the High Flyers, uh, Jimmy Bronzel and Greg Gagne against whoever, and you got the other two evil guys just beating the snot out of one of the High Flyers, and you know, you're just sitting there and you're screaming at the TV, and then all of a sudden, uh, one of the, uh, the your, your team holds his hand out, and the uh, the guy who's been standing on the ropes watching all the abuse jumps in and just shreds them. Just is like, and you're just like, kick their butt. It's, it's one of these conventions of pro wrestling. It's been around forever. But that's kind of the feeling I got when MTG went after Twitter executives yesterday, and it was it was glorious. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Baker, Ms. Gaddy, Mr. Roth, and Ms. Navaroli. You can consider your speech canceled during my time because you canceled mine. Boom, kaboom, it's not going to get very pretty in here. You see, you permanently banned my personal Twitter account, and it was my campaign account also. Oh, wow, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? So let's talk about election interference, shall we? January 2nd, 2002, you permanently banned my Twitter account. This was the account that I would put my campaign ads on, raise money on, 
fight back when attacked with lies and be able to talk to my voters in my district. But you banned it. And, and you know what? It's completely legal for, to do that. But where they crossed the line was that, uh, A, they led you into believing that this was an apolitical uh, social media platform and they started to restrict free speech when it strayed uh, outside of uh, Democrat uh, ideology. And, uh, and also the FBI got involved. And when the FBI got involved, they literally uh, used Twitter and other social media as a tool of the state for censorship. And that's illegal. And let me explain. My account was not reinstated until November 21st, 2022. That was after my election. I- oh, there we go. Yeah, and it's kind of weird how that happens. Isn't that kind of funny? Like the FBI uh, working with Twitter and, and all social media to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story before the 2020 election. And then, crazy enough, uh, Joe Biden's classified document story. They had it November the 2nd, and it didn't come out until after the election. Isn't that kind of strange? And by the way, uh, none of this is by a happenstance. This is all on purpose, and it will be proven. Here's a little bit more for uh, from MTG about why she was banned. You see, not only that, was it, a, was it me that she violated my First Amendment rights? You violated countless conservative Americans. Mine. These were doctors that were trying to tell the truth about COVID. Oh, yeah. Doctors that were having success treating people with ivermectin that you all would not allow to be talked about on your platform. Yeah, we've got more of this and your calls. Welcome at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app. The Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.